Welcome back to our last episode of the season of Operations Avenue, an Alpha Kappa Psi podcast. This is Amber Hambach, CERC for Area 1 and Area 2. Coral Peterson, CERC for Area 3 and 4. Alec Rand, Associate Director of Student Services. Today we're talking about professional development events and how Omega Theta conducted theirs in 2020. Uh, welcome everybody back to Operations Avenue. Um, we're excited to hear from AJ and Alexander on uh, these events and get some insight from them for everybody else um, in the fraternity. If I could just ask AJ and Alexander to introduce themselves, um, give us a brief description of leadership position and um, the event that you guys held. If you have any other events you want to tell us about, feel free. Um, we'd love to hear about them. AJ, you want to kick it off? Sure thing. Um, so my name is Ajay Shankar. Um, I was the former president of the Omega Theta chapter for the spring 2020 and fall 2020 uh, school year. Uh, I oversaw a lot of the events that uh, we held uh, for that year and one in particular that we'll be talking about today. Um, and I'll pass it off to, to Alex to, to introduce himself. Cool. Thanks, Ajay. So yeah, my name is Alex Leipold. I'm also a senior at the University of Maryland, and this past year had the privilege to be our Vice President of Professional Affairs um, for the past calendar year. And exactly, we worked together a lot, me and Ajay, on Consulting Career Day, um, which is an annual event that we hold um, every fall semester. Um, and it's basically a consulting career day. Um, so it's a career fair that brings together consultancies and students. Um, and it's about a half day event to um, let, let students meet some companies and um, see what opportunities uh, they, they could um, foresee in their future. Great. So for this event, um, do you just want to talk a little bit about what exactly it was that inspired uh, facilitating it? Um, just what the inspiration was for that. Alex, you mind if I go for it? Go for it, yeah. Yeah, so um, our chapter, we, we kind of look to hold um, a couple annual events, uh, things that we do um, pretty consistently. Consulting Career Day has always been one of those. Um, obviously, traditionally, we've always had it in person, have looked to bring employers in for, you know, pretty much a morning to afternoon um, time, couple hours, give our brothers the opportunity to network with employers and really learn about the different areas of, of consulting that they might not have been previously exposed to. Um, however, due to COVID, we, we felt at one point that we weren't gonna be able to do Consulting Career Day. Uh, we felt that this has been something that, you know, has traditionally been in person, but Luckily, we were able to see it from a different side of really now being able to get a hold of employers that we previously weren't able to. Um, so Alex and I had started planning this um, right around during the summer for then the uh, fall 2020 uh, semester and really just looking at, you know, what can we uh, provide our members? Um, which companies have we previously maybe not been able to uh, bring into uh, AKSI and the Smith School uh, that we could this year. So our planning kind of started in, in the summer. We, we really started brainstorming, looking like how we wanted to have this event uh, be planned. And I'll let Alex maybe take it from there and, and kind of talk about some of the more details of, of where we went from there. 
Sure. Um, I guess, yeah, it was the, it was the first time transitioning to the virtual environment, of course. Um, and it's a pretty big event that we organize every year. So there's a lot of different parts and it requires a lot of different planning. Um, I think the first, so we had sort of a, a first kickoff meeting to, to think like strategically, what do we want this event to achieve? Um, are there things that we need to be doing differently this year um, besides just holding it online? Um, and, and everything related to that. Um, one key thing that, that we found at first is um, obviously it's a two-sided event. So we have the companies and, and the students. Um, on the company side, we've in the past asked for sort of a, a sponsor fee um, and that was something we realized we would just have to um, forgo this year. Um, and it was a tactical decision that we had to take, but I think it paid off because it allowed us to, to reach out to more consultancies and get more interest as well. Um, and then we also had to think, how could we still offer the, the relationship building part of the event that, that we think is almost the most important part? Um, because it, it does consist of a, a Q&A panel and then usually a, a casing, case interviewing workshop, and then at the end, sort of uh, open networking. Um, and so I think what that required a lot of is working with our university's Office of Career Services um, and just trying to see what sort of virtual platforms could substitute that and still allow students to kind of, like you would be networking at a career fair, to still have that experience. Um, and so the, the one we actually chose was a platform called um, Gatherly. Um, and so we started off on a, on a Zoom webinar and then we, we transitioned to that for networking. Um, and that was, that was very unique because it almost gamifies the experience. It's a, it's a new startup platform that was just developed um, at the start of uh, the pandemic. And um, it's interesting because there's different floors in this virtual room or virtual space and each company has a room um, and you have a little avatar that kind of represents you and you can walk closely to um, up to like certain representatives of a company and um, yeah, just join a conversation with them. Um, so I think that was a pivotal moment to secure that platform um, to still you know, enable that relationship building aspect of the event. And so with, you know, the online stuff, I think Zoom is the most popular one that I've seen platform for like virtual meeting. Um, do you think that the one that you chose Gatherly was the most effective? Like, do you think anything could have gone better just with the platform that you ended up choosing as, you know, compared to like a Zoom or something? Um, personally, I think it was, it was definitely the best choice compared to Zoom. I, I think it was nice starting on the Zoom webinar because that was for the Q&A session. So we could have the panelists and the moderators be on screen on audio on video um, and everyone else could chat in their questions. Um, but I don't think breakout rooms within Zoom could have worked as effectively as Gatherly did um, because it is a very personalized experience. Like you want to be able to go to a certain company at a certain time and, and have an individual conversation or a small group conversation. And I think it was effective for that. Um, there's definitely some things maybe that we, we would do differently next time around because it was our first time using the platform. Um, but I thought it was a, a good uh, first year for it. Um, OJ, do you have any, 
Anything to add on that? Yeah, I mean, we we got the opportunity to use Gatherly through a school event. Uh, they were doing it. Uh, the Office of Career Services was testing out the platform uh, for a, a sort of a club fair uh, to give students the opportunity to visit clubs, talk to their their members, leadership, um, and we stumbled upon it. We actually were one of the clubs that were asked to be a part of the event. So we got the first chance to really see how Gatherly worked. And kind of right after we were like, we definitely want to use this um, for recruitment. That was the first thing that we thought of. We would love to use this platform for our recruitment uh, the following semester. But when we started looking into consulting career day, we thought this would be a really cool way to test it out, get a feel for how it worked with one of our events. Um, the best part was is, for students and for people that were, you know, coming to attend the event for brothers, it was a way for, it was really easy to just jump in and be able to start networking immediately. There wasn't that same way with Zoom where you feel like you're maybe butting into a conversation and are a little bit tense and, you know, maybe speaking first or, you know, if someone else has already has something going in this larger breakout room. Uh, so we really like this way of, brothers could come in, see who's maybe uh, more free, what company doesn't, isn't talking to any uh, brothers currently. And it was a lot more free, free flowing. People could join in, leave as a, as a, um, as they pleased. And we were really happy with it. We hope we can use the, the platform again uh, for, for recruitment and future engagements. Yeah. I was just curious cause I've never heard of it. So I might have to check it out and, you know, hopefully some of the other chapters could also find some use from it too. So that's good to know. Do you guys know how much it costs? We, we got lucky where, where our school was able to, they were working with uh, Gatherly for the first time. So they had enough, um, I guess uh, they were able to have some people kind of test it out um, for, for certain events um, as they were working to actually, you know, purchase and license the, the license. Um, I'm assuming that it would be pretty expensive, but I think through different schools, a lot of schools are now testing out these different platforms because they obviously don't want to stop um, their events and they're looking for ways to get students to come to their events and be able to engage with employers. Um, so whether it be Gatherly, there's other platforms that are also available that I think do a very similar uh, job. So I think if you're, you know, you're a chapter, just being able to see what your school is already using uh, test it out for yourself and see if that's something that might work for your chapter and then going and asking and you know obviously something that helps is that sort of sell of how this can help the school so for us consulting career day was great because we opened it up to the entire smith school so any student could come and they did we had people that weren't brothers who were attending the event were able to engage with employers so that was a way where you know we got something out of it and the school also got something out of it and um, having students be able to network with these employers. I mean, I, I kind of want to add to that because um, you were you were mentioning for other chapters, like seeing what resources your school has. Um, the Zoom webinar, that's not something we usually have. Um, we have Zoom access, but not the webinar. Um, so Ajay actually just reached out to University of Maryland and was able to like secure that for us. Um, and it was, it was um, covered by the university. So I think there's a lot of, especially now with, with the need to have these virtual platforms, there's many that universities have. Um, and it's, it's always good to look into that uh, when trying to host one of these events so that you can uh, rely on that and don't have to like, cover it with your own expenses.
Awesome. And then, sorry that we got a little off track there, but to go back to the planning part, um, how did you guys involve the rest of your membership throughout the planning process and the execution of the event? I would say planning wise, there were sort of three groups. Um, so we had a professional committee that helped out a lot. Um, the second group I'd say is the executive leadership of our, of our chapter. And then the third group, just the brotherhood in general. Um, and so for that first group, um, the professional committee, we relied a lot on those committee members to help promote the event, um, especially to students. There's so many student organizations, as Ajay mentioned, we opened it to the, the whole um, university actually. And just sending out all those emails to different groups um, was something we needed a lot of their help with. Um, and they, they definitely helped um, get a lot of the signups. Um, I'd say the second group, eboard, was a lot of times just checking in um, how what the what the weekly status was and how how we could um, help each other out. Um, a, a example there is our VP membership um, helped provide a list of the the um, students who had been interested in rushing our chapter that semester, and that's something that we could then feed into our promotion. So just just having that sort of communication on a weekly basis also helps seeing like how we can help each other out. Um, in the final group, then just the brotherhood, we really encourage attendance. Um, we also have a lot of brothers interested in consulting. Um, and so they were able to participate and actually five of them also moderated the event. Um, and one of our brothers actually led a case uh, competition work or case um, interviewing workshop. Um, and he had some experience in, in the area and was very beneficial to, to hear from him. Just to add on to that, even you know, a fourth a fourth group that we were to engage were our alumni, um, and really the whole event wouldn't have been possible without our alumni um, being able to reach out to you know brothers who were working at some of the companies that we did end up featuring uh, at Consulting Career Day. They were the ones who either were attending, were able to put us in contact with those who could come to the event, and that really having that 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 alumni network was, was crucial to us getting the, uh, the consultancies that we had uh, at Consulting Career Day. Awesome. Um, so I know you guys have mentioned um, the relationship you have with the university. It was really great. Um, and talking about Gatherly in particular, as well as um, your alumni, how long have you said um, you've been doing this event? It was our 11th. Wow. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and how many um, consultancies do you usually have at this event and how many did you have this year? I'd say we usually have around five to six. Okay. Um, and this time, correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I wanna say 10 is what we had this time. Or am I? I think like eight. Eight, eight. that sounds more, yeah, eight. Yeah, we had a good turnout, so. Yeah. Like that's great. It's all right, AJ, oversell it. It's okay. Over, always <laughs> oversell it. Exactly. Um, no, it's great. How did you guys um, sort of cultivate those relationships with, I assume a lot of the consultancies were people who came back, but you also mentioned you had some new um, companies come in. How did you guys sort of cultivate that relationship? Honestly, it, a lot of it was, was Alex and a lot of it was him reaching out to Again, first the alumni network, but then working with uh, the Office of Career Services, 
who again was very helpful in providing us the contacts for companies that we were interested in. I was actually sitting at this desk and when we had our meeting where we were like, what companies do we, do we want to have at, at, um, at, at consulting career day? So, you know, I have my whiteboard right next to me and we were kind of literally just writing down different companies that we thought we had a Google doc going and we had, you know, a list of, I'd say probably might've started with 15 consultancies, um, maybe even a little bit more. And that really started with what are the companies that, you know, we know that you, that the university of Maryland has engaged with previously. So your typical big four, and then, you know, Accenture, a couple of other uh, consultancies that, that are pretty familiar to the university. And then we looked at the ones that we haven't been able to engage with previously, ones that we had alumni working there, but we, you know, just haven't gotten them to be able to come to campus. An example of that was actually uh, a Lippincott, uh, which is a um, a marketing consultancy where we had a alumni mem- uh, brother who was working there, but being based in New York, it was really hard for them to come to the University of Maryland. And this year it, it, it worked out in our favor where we were able to have them uh, attend virtually. So the whole planning process was Alex really reaching out, following up, following up again, um, and, and really, really selling the event. A lot of it came from trying to make this, despite the fact that it was virtual, making it really as formal and, and you know, credible as possible. Um, have people understand that, you know, this is, this event, we're really serious about it. Um, we want you there. This is something that's not going to only help us, it's going to help you. I mean, I think through that entire process of the follow-ups, getting marketing material out there, um, it, it ended up, uh, it ended up, uh, you know, proving out to be uh, a really effective strategy. Definitely. Um, the thing I'll add is we, the Office of Career Services, which we've mentioned, um, they offered to send it, send out a little description of the event in their newsletter. Um, and it's, it's specifically in terms of um, the, the communication that they sent to their consultancies, like in their database. Um, it was interesting. We actually got like three inbound requests maybe from, from consultancies who were interested. Um, so that was pretty effective too. Um, and definitely it was a lot of back and forth communication towards, towards the, uh, the last two weeks before the event. Um, because we also were, we were figuring out like, how would this event look like? Um, like trying to set up the virtual portions and figure out how to use Gatherly. Um, so it was a lot of like towards the finish line, a lot of, uh, back and forth communication, but overall, um, the, the approach of, of inbound from, from the office of career services, and then outbound through our alumni network um, and just other connections that we've had over the years um, was able to lead us to secure the the eight companies. Great. So looking back, I guess, since, you know, hindsight is 2020, um, and especially considering just the changes that you guys had to implement with the event going virtual, uh, what do you think the biggest lesson was that you learned from doing this event? It's a tough question. I, th- I think there's a lot of things we learned, um, but definitely I- I'd say this is something that I've learned throughout the previous year um, from all of the professional events, honestly, that we've organized, but especially this one, just because it's such a, a big core event to us. Um, the fact that you definitely have to balance quality and quantity um, 
when organizing events, meaning um, we oftentimes are in this position that we're almost between the two sides, as in we have the brothers who are our close friends and we wanna organize events that are meaningful to them. Um, but we also wanna make sure the, the presenter has a, um, an audience because they're putting in the time to, to be there and, and present to us. Um, and it's hard to balance the two sometimes. Um, I know for some events, I would text every member in our, in our brotherhood to, to show up. And it's maybe not the best approach because you also want it to be something that, you know, someone actually wants to go to and they're not feeling like obliged to go to. Um, and the reason I say this is when we were organizing consulting career day, that was one of the big things I was worrying about. Um, we have eight companies coming. How can we get a good student turnout? Um, and we were able to get around 150 students pre-registered. Um, and then attendance was maybe 50 to 75% of that. But um, I realized later it, the numbers, like it's obviously important to have a, a good turnout, but it's more of the small interactions where you, where you see that at least like a handful of people had had a positive experience and learned something that day that was more meaningful. And it helped me to like shift more of my focus to a qualitative approach and ensuring that at least like one person really just gets something valuable out of the event rather than just saying, okay, we had 50 people on the call, but maybe not as many people got as much out of it. So I think that was my, my main takeaway. I can, I can add on. I mean, I think this might go even a little bit bigger into just my presidency, but I think especially with this event um, is, is a real good example of it is, you know, when we got everything uh, started to get shaken up by COVID, it, it was, there was this feeling of, of okay, you know, we, we need to completely reset. Um, we don't know what we're gonna do. There was a lot of worry as to how we're gonna do events. Uh, should we host events? Should we just shut down? Like some of these questions start kind of going through your mind of, because there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, and I think a lot of it is, is looking, a lesson that I learned is a lot of these events that we've, that we've done, um, they've really stood the test of time. And a lesson that I learned is to really just try, go ahead, try and tr host the event, um, especially this semester and the last semester there's really low risk uh, for, for at least just trying to host the event, see what happens. Um, we weren't sure if we wanted to do consulting career day, but I'm really glad that we ended up doing it. it. We learned so many things from just going through and making mistakes, learning from those mistakes and then growing. Um, I think one of those things that I, that I personally learned was really thinking more macro when you're going into planning an event we were really focused on one thing at a time, getting the company, uh, you know, getting a, a confirmation that a company was going to uh, come, then making sure that we secured a platform uh, uh, like Gatherly. But I think some of the things we, we didn't consider towards the end of it, like the marketing, which was really, really important. And how are people going to hear about this event? Did we have the right marketing channels? Um, were the marketing channels that we thought were the best, were they actually the ones that people are using? Um, so, so those things of like, when you're going into an event, um, thinking kind of from the first step to the last step, even if you don't have it completely planned out, um, was definitely learning uh, a lesson that I learned of, it'll help you in the long run to at least consider it beforehand, even if you're really not there at that step just yet. 
Um, and again, yeah, it's, and I think that we, it's been kind of preached at a lot of the AKSI events when we were switching to this virtual um, programming of, of really just try. There's, there's, there's no harm in it. And I'm glad we did. And with all the events, um, whether they were a resounding success or it maybe it didn't you know, miss the mark, I'm glad we tried. That's definitely some good feedback from other for other chapters. And Alexander, you had a good point too. I think a lot of small chapters hesitate in reaching out to too many companies for events, feeling they don't have enough people for it, but they really do sometimes have a lot stronger network with them when there's less people on the call too, especially for virtual events, because it's obviously harder to have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. Um, but what impacts, if any, have you guys seen into your chapter after the event, whether it's kind of any impact it had on individuals or if you had big impacts on how you'll change events in the future or anything like that? I can, I can start off with this one. Um, I think one thing, and this was even when I was going through planning the event, I'm, I'm going into consulting, Alex is going into consulting as well, but I think going through and planning it, um, we learned a lot about, um, and I think this ended up helping a lot of members of, of really exposing the many different industries uh, within consulting of like, it's not just your, your typical like, you know, uh, um, McKinsey, Bain, Boston Consulting Group, like a lot of the ones we traditionally think when we were going and planning it, a big focus was, like I said, we had started with maybe 15, um, maybe even more consultancies that we wanted to look into, but it was really important when we got down to the eight that we did get down to that we had a pretty diverse group of consultancies that we were bringing to the table. So that was one which I think members really appreciated and it had large, a big impact because we had a ton of people come up and say, you know, didn't know that they had these kind of positions. We didn't know that, you know, Capital One had um, an internal strategy division. We didn't know that, you know, this Tuscany strategy consulting existed. So there was a lot of this thing where it was helpful to um, have a more diverse group of, of those um, companies and we're glad that we did it. I think another thing that that members really took away was the um, the case interview workshop that um, one of our brothers led. That ended up having a pretty big impact because people were going into recruiting uh, that semester. So getting a little bit of a workshop of um, just the basics, but a lot of things that sometimes get kind of overlooked. Um, seemed to really help. There was, there was great feedback on that end um, of, of having our brother uh, deliver that presentation. So I think overall brothers appreciated that we had the event, that they got to network with companies. Um, I think it got some people that were sophomores that who, weren't, who didn't know much about uh, consulting or even freshmen that didn't know a ton about consulting. It got them uh, interested in, in uh, consulting. And even bigger than that, we had some freshmen and some sophomores who got interested in AKSI after it and our chapter and wanted to come and, and join the Brotherhood. So I think it really worked out on, on both ends. That's an interesting point, Ajay, about the, the last one about, about people being, becoming interested in our chapter, because as we said, we did open it up to the entire university. Um, and I think we, we were in um, a room together speaking uh, in, in the Gatherly event, speaking to someone who um, 
like heard about the consulting, um, Maryland Consulting Group Club that we have. Um, and then that sparked an interest. Um, and it definitely helped to, to get some visibility for our organization too. Um, so I see that as a, as a high level impact. Um, I think another impact that I noticed, uh, as we said, we, we had this position, I, or I had this position the, the previous year um, and just transitioned out of it actually. And our next VP professional, um, Amanda, she um, in our transition meeting was asking if we've ever considered doing this for something outside of consulting. Um, because yeah, we do have many brothers interested in the field and it's something maybe not many people know about. So a lot of freshmen and sophomores will, will learn a lot, but there's also so many other fields um, that this sort of event could be organized for. Um, and I think that also went to show that it's an annual event that we've had every, for 11 years now, um, but it also helps to think about the events that we organize and ask ourselves, why are we organizing and how can we make them relevant to as many brothers as possible? Um, so I think she raised a really good question in how we can expand this to different to different um, fields. And I think that was sort of an indirect impact maybe to, to think more um, in the future, what kind of other career fairs or smaller um, events that are kind of similar, we could organize. Awesome. Along that line of thinking, is there anything you would take from this virtual period um, into like an in-person setting? One thing I would say, I think for consulting career day too, we, we did like a test run of the, of the Q&A panel, like just to make sure the platform is functioning. Um, and obviously that's not something you'd have to do in person necessarily, but it could be, uh, it could be interesting to, to do like a test run of an event um, just with our committee members or as a, as a brotherhood before a big event. Maybe that's something we could, could do in the future. Um, and in terms of like event styles, I, I could foresee us still doing, even if we're all in an auditorium together, having on a screen, having a um, presenter who's somewhere else. Um, because we've, that's obviously something we've benefited um, or something that's become a little easier um, being virtually, we've been able to bring in speakers that probably we couldn't have um, in a normal in-person setting. So maybe that could be a hybrid sort of type of event we, we can have in the future. The whole virtual experience, um, you know, I've personally felt that it's made us really like rethink some of our events. Um, and I think this goes for kind of the entire semester and maybe the entire year of, we have a very traditional way of doing certain things. And then when things went virtual, we had to really take a step back and see what works and maybe what's not working. And to go back to consulting career day, um, over the course of, it's been 11 years and, and kind of over the course of those years, we, what, it, what it's started as and now what we, you know, what it's turned into um, in, in its 11th year is very different um, for, for, I think for a good reason, we've been able to adapt and figure out ways to, you know, improve it um, and make it a better experience for, for everyone. Um, and I would say when, it, when, when we look to kind of maybe transitioning back to in-person, I think an important thing is to really, with every event, obviously you want to continue and you want to have the continuation um, and, and be able to not have to redo everything each year but sometimes you might get stuck um, in a bit of a 
um, you might get stuck in your ways. Um, and I think being able to, again, step back, see is what we're doing actually the best way to do it? Or is it worth kind of changing? Um, I think that's, that's really important. It's a lesson of going virtual and having to do it and now potentially going back to in-person and really kind of forcing yourself to, to do it and maybe not being pressured um, by, by um, you know, outside forces. Okay, and just one more question for you guys. Um, and that's just any advice that you would have for chapters who are looking to do a professional development event or maybe start a new one. Um, just any advice, and that could be, you know, in a virtual setting or in person, just in general. Since you guys have been doing this a long time, I think you might have some good advice, especially for some of the chapters that haven't really, you know, dabbled in professional development events. I, I would say um, three things that come, come to mind. I think one, leverage your alumni um, more than anything. Like that's, that's really one of the best parts about AKSI is that that member experience doesn't stop um, when you graduate. Leverage, being able to constantly commun communicate with them and having that alumni engagement really does pay off. Um, I think a lot of alumni are looking to help chapters, um, especially the chapter that they were part of, um, the chapter that they're part of and being able to give back. Um, you'd be surprised when you do reach out. Uh, these brothers wanna talk, they want to, uh, um, you know, contribute, they want to help connect you to the right resources. I think that's one. The second, and we've kind of talked about it a lot um, in this, in this uh, uh, podcast, but the second is really, again, leveraging your university and what they have to offer. Um, looking to your Office of Career Services, um, maybe other clubs that are doing professional events, being able to maybe do a partner event with another club if you don't have enough resources, looking to see if maybe make this a joint, um, a joint project. Um, that really helps. Our university was able to help us a lot with the technology side of it. Um, but, you know, we've also had events where we've worked with other clubs um, like uh, the, like CYC, which is Consult Your Community. We were able to work with them to host an event and kind of uh, divvy up some of the responsibility. I think that makes it much easier task to take on when it comes to professional events. The third one is, um, and I think this one really helped us, but um, utilizing like your chapter resources. For us, really, our chapter advisor, we have the best chapter advisor, um, Nima Farshi, um, and being able to talk to him um, all the time and kind of get some advice, um, see what is available. I know early on, we actually ended up, I through Nima, I was able to um, reach out to Coral actually and see about a, a Zoom account um, that we could use and get those resources even from uh, from AKSI. So talking to you know all the people that you have at your disposal um, that you may not realize that that you have, um, just setting up those quick calls and seeing what what can be done. It really just takes that first step and then it kind of turns into that domino effect. Um, Alex, how about, what do you think? Yeah, I think I have to echo all of that. Um, definitely also Nemo was a huge help. Um, I mean, with every event we've planned, but especially consulting career day, I remember the three of us, um, Ajay, Nima, and I had a sort of a working session the first time in the summer that we started thinking about consulting career day. Um, and I think the message for me there was it's really important to have a vision for the event um, and to really ask yourself what would 
you know, what would be a successful event? Um, is it a certain number of people you're looking for or um, a certain outcome? Just trying to set a goal early on. And then it's important, I think, to have that sort of purpose and vision for the event because when you're emailing companies and then students or whoever's going to attend the event, you'll have people asking, okay, what really is this event? What, what will I get out of it? Um, and you can, I mean, even if you have sort of an idea, it helps to really sit down and, and think like, okay, as an attendee, what, what would I be doing here and what can I learn and apply somewhere else? Um, so I think that's a, a, a big one I would recommend to, to invest some time into. And then also I think after the event, getting a lot of feedback. Um, I think it's something I could have improved on for um, this consulting career day, just sending out um, a survey to, to everyone who attended and collecting some additional feedback that we could then use to, to improve the event in the future. Um, and the same vein, even before you're planning an event to get feedback from, if it's uh, just for your brotherhood, um, who, like what kind of events do they even wanna see? Um, because I, I feel like for our position, it's we're supposed to organize something that's as, um, that's intriguing to as many people as possible. Um, so getting that input before an event and then also after, I think is a critical part of the process. Um, and then also having that vision that you can kind of drive to, to people um, to explain what the event will actually consist of. So I just want to thank you guys for being on tonight. As you guys have any closing thoughts, you want to make sure you get in on the podcast? Well, I, I had a thank you so much for having us. Um, you know, it's really nice to to kind of revisit the uh, the the event, um, and it was a ton of fun planning the event and getting to getting to do it and now being able to talk about it um, was really really um, really nice. So thank you again for for having us on. I have to say the same. <laughs> really appreciate um, you inviting us. It always helps to to think about this again um, a few months later, and um, we 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 uh, think of some new ideas and takeaways that we can maybe pass on to the next um, brothers in those positions for, for next year round. Thank you to Omega Theta today and sharing their insight on their professional development events. If you guys have any questions about this episode, previous episodes, suggestions for future episodes, or would just like to get in contact with your CERC, you can do that at CERC at AKSI.org. And if you'd like to check out any of our other episodes um, from this season or previous seasons, you can find that at aksi.org slash operations avenue podcast. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next season.